0: Time for the Believe in Ole Miss podcast with your host, Brad Logan, your home for Ole Miss sports. To be a part of the show, email the show at brad.logan.com at loganmedianetwork.com or shoot him a DM on Twitter at Brad Logan C-O-T-E Download the show on Apple Podcasts Google Play or wherever you get your podcasts Please subscribe, rate, and leave a review online And now, from the vault to the pavilion to Swayze Field It's all old Miss all the time Here's your host, Brad Logan
1: And welcome in the Believe in Ole Miss podcast, a part of the Believe Network. It's a big one in Athens. It's Ole Miss and Georgia. The Rebels coming in. uh, Number nine, the college football playoff. Georgia just ahead of them. And today we're talking with Mark Weiser. Does a great job covering the Georgia Bulldogs for the Athens Banner Herald. Uh, Mark, thanks for joining us today.
2: Yeah, good to be
1: with you. Taking a look at this game, Mark, what's kind of, you know, before we get into the nuts and bolts, what's kind of standing out for you when you see this Ole Miss team versus this Georgia team? What are you going to be looking for specifically early in the game?
2: Well, I'm interested to see uh, teams have done a good job of maybe scripting up some uh, some plays uh, right out of the gate and and how Georgia responds defensively. If if, you know whenever they have the ball, whether they start it with it or or defend right away, Um, you know, the defense is is, uh, not necessarily on the same level as it's been the last couple of years, um, but but they're still leading the conference, I, I think, in the top defensive categories. Um, but uh, they've taken some hits early. Georgia's been trailing in five of six SEC games this season. Some of that has to do with their own struggles on offense early in games. But um, just kind of uh, you know how Ole Miss deals with the crowd, the night, the big time atmosphere. Um, you know, against a team that's won 26 in a row. Yeah,
1: that's 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 hard to believe. That's that's a lot of games in a row, and that's obviously going to be something to watch. Looking at this offensive, offensively for Georgia. Mark, maybe you can shed some light on this. It feels like just following this team from afar, specifically during Kirby's run as head coach, There's always seems to be that running back, that wide receiver, that quarterback that just jumps off the page. Don't get me wrong, ton of talent on this Georgia team. Is there someone that you've seen covering this team that might be that person that maybe just the general fan has not noticed yet?
2: Well, I mean, you know, with Brock Bowers probably not playing. I mean, yeah. he, he there's a chance he does. I mean, he he's the, obviously the bell cow uh, when he does play. Um, you know, I I think George, I mean, Georgia fans certainly do and the rest of people that watch enough Georgia football know kind of Ladd McConkey um and you know, he, but he's kind of played second fiddle in terms of, you know, when Bowers was playing this year, um Ladd was coming off a back injury that kept him out the, the first four games. And and he wasn't necessarily the, you know, premier, um, you know, there was George Pickens that played with him early in his career. And then A.D. Mitchell um, last year. Those guys are kind of more, uh, you know, make big plays downfield. But but Ladd has kind of really taken it up another notch once he's been healthy this year in terms of yards after the catch and making the big catch on third down. So I guess he'd be the the one that, you know, I would pinpoint, uh, you know, unless you already know about him, <laughs>
1: yeah, he, he's he's fun to watch. And another receiver that that's been fun to watch is Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint. Um, is he somebody along with Ra Ra Thomas, a transfer out of Mississippi State? Dominic Lovett, it, it, maybe Dylan Bell. Is there another receiver that Ole Miss fans could be watching for?
2: Yeah, I, I think Rosemary Jack Saint probably a good name to mention because you know he doesn't get as many targets. Uh, he's he's kind of. A big time blocker, physical player, but he's another guy also that can snatch a ball. uh, You know, maybe when when Carson doesn't necessarily have pinpoint accuracy, Um, he he makes some some pretty uh, nice catches and then takes a big hit afterwards. Uh, The other game, the other day um, against Missouri, he got knocked out of the game late. Um, You know, but but he's uh, obviously good to go because Kirby brought him out for interviews this week. But um, you know, doesn't put up the biggest numbers. Has twenty one catches, three hundred fifty nine yards, two touchdowns. Uh, but he's, he's definitely kind of a, a glue guy for this team.
1: Offensive line, uh, really a little bit of youth on the left side with the redshirt freshman, Ernest Green the third and, and Dylan Fairchild, but then you've got some – you know, Xavier Truss is a redshirt senior, uh, Tate Rattledge. Anybody else across that do- uh, offensive front you're kind of looking for some special things on Saturday night? Well,
2: it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, Amarius Mims is their best offensive tackle. He's a, a, a first-round draft uh, prospect. Hadn't played since week three against South Carolina um, because he had, like Brock Bowers, a high ankle sprain. He had the tightrope surgery. Um, but he's been available the last two games. At least he's gone out and warmed up against Florida and Missouri. But they haven't put him in yet. Um, and now, you know, I don't know if it's because Omeris isn't necessarily like 100% up to speed, ready to go. They, they want to you know be cautious with him. And, and Georgia's offensive line has – played well. they they given up nine sacks this season, which is, um, I think, the lead in the SEC, and they did give up three against Missouri, so it'll be interesting to, to see, one, if Mim does play, and then two, if he does, uh, do they just move Ameri- uh, David Truss back to his left guard position, because Dylan Fairchild, if you look at the numbers that Pro Football Focus puts out, has, has really performed well. Um, so they, they definitely have some options. They'll probably just end up rotating. They, they, they use a, a sixth and seventh guy on occasion. So um, they might just, you know, bring in Mims on occasion uh, in some series. But but he's definitely, uh, you know, one of their premier players.
1: Do you expect Oscar Delp to take the majority of the snaps at tight end if Bowers can go? Maybe uh, Lawson Lucky, a freshman, also uh, Pierce Sperling, the third, is a freshman. Do you expect an Oscar Delp to be there for that?
2: Yeah, it's definitely Oscar Delp. I mean, they're not running as many two tight end sets. Uh, without Bowers so um, you know if Bowers isn't playing you're going to see Delp get 40 plus snaps uh, and, and he's really made some nice catches uh, and, and actually now is only one touchdown away from what Brock Bowers has this season because uh, Oscar now has three.
1: At the quarterback you know uh, that's, that's the thing fans of the SEC have always looked for in Georgia is great quarterback play dating gosh back all the way into the the 60s and 70s and come forward there's been a ton of them and this year's Carson Beck the red shirt junior has had a great year completing uh, 213 out of 295 four interceptions but got 16 touchdowns thrown for two uh, 2,716 yards and and throwing at a 70 over 72 percent clip completion rate he's been really good this year what what are you kind of expecting out of him on Saturday
2: I mean just kind of what he's been doing I mean he's he's operating the offense exactly the way Kirby likes it he's throwing away balls that, uh, you know, instead of taking sacks or throwing risky passes, um, you know, he's making big throws, uh, you know, in clutch moments in games when they need it. Um, You know, he's using his feet a little bit, not necessarily like Stetson Bennett did, um, but, you know, he can get a first down, uh, you know, on the third and eight or something like that. So, um, you know, throwing at a very high completion percentage, um, you know, 250 plus yards, I think it's like seven straight games. So, They are – it's hard to say he's not exceeding what the expectations are for a first-year starter, but he's been in the system for four years, so, um, you know, he he knows what he's doing.
1: Dajon Edwards, senior. This is a position I know that you know well, Mark, that has got a lot of senior leadership along with Kendall Milton, the two top running backs for Georgia. And Edwards has had a nice year as well, uh, netting out 632. and He's got eight touchdowns on the ground. Uh, This rushing attack has been pretty solid for the Bulldogs.
2: Yeah, Edwards didn't play the first two games with a knee injury, but he's led the team in rushing in every game since. Um, so, and you know, some games early in the year he was the only true scholarship running back because they were using Dylan Bell, a wide receiver, as you know, their next big running back. Because uh, Kendall Milton's been banged up like he has throughout his career. Now Milton's come on the last several weeks, probably playing some of his best uh, ball. Right now, since he's been at Georgia, in terms, terms of consistency, he has five touchdowns. Um, you know, breaks tackles, uh, is running well. He's not getting as many touches as Edwards, but they are working him in there, um, and, and he's been very effective, uh, just like Edwards.
1: Uh, defensively, Mondon Jr. the uh, the middle linebacker has been fantastic, uh, averaging or actually a total of forty four tackles on the year. he has got three sacks, leads the team in sack. Well, actually, he's behind uh, Jamon uh, Dumas Johnson. With uh, the other the money position that outside linebacker with three and a half sacks, this Georgia defense is kind of it's kind of a perfect Kirby Smart defense. There's not a ton of names on here, but there's a ton of athletes across that front.
2: Yeah, inside linebacker is going to be interesting this week. Jamon zimis Johnson broke a forearm uh, at the end of the third quarter against Missouri, and you know you have to think he's he's out this week. Although Kirby uh, was a little bit um, evasive and uh, saying they're going to try to do some creative things to to get him back. I, I think he's talking about maybe in a few games, um, you know, maybe they can. I know uh, it's the same kind of injury that Thomas Davis, the former Georgia safety who played linebacker in the NFL. I think he uh, broke a forearm in the NFC championship game one year uh, and then was able to, you know, put a cast on it and, and had a surgery, maybe had some screws in it um and played in the super bowl so i don't know what exactly they're doing with Dumas johnson in that regard if they're going to try to kind of bionic man him or something but yeah. um you know he he's the guy in particular uh that if they don't have him, it's putting a lot of pressure on some true freshmen uh that are you know high level recruits but they haven't played a full uh, assortment of snaps at that position cj allen uh, is one of them that that probably would expect to see mostly out there for Dumas Johnson and the defense in particular, as you asked about, I mean, um, they're most talented on the back end at, uh, in the secondary with Kamari Lassiter who is kind of, you know, a number one true cover corner guy. They have Javon Bullard, who was MVP of both playoff games last year who moved from uh, the star nickel position to safety. And then Tyke Smith is a f- former third team All-American at West Virginia who leads the team this year in interceptions. He usually plays the star for interceptions uh, last week, they they did an interesting scheme to try to uh, slow down Missouri's top receiver, and they put Lassiter at the start because that's where uh, he lined up.
1: That's an incredible secondary with, with a ton of accolades, and uh, yeah,
2: yeah. And I didn't uh, even mention Malachi, Malachi. Yeah, I didn't even mention Malachi Starks, who might be yeah, you know, their their top NFL draft prospect.
1: <laughs> it, it's just really mind-boggling just how talented this team is. The point I'm trying to get to with this, Mark, is we believe covering Ole Miss, that they open up the rushing attack by throwing the ball down the field, kind of throwing open their running backs, Quinshon Judkins and Ulysses Bentley. What you're telling me is this is not going to be a very easy team to throw on. This is a loaded secondary for Georgia. Tell me a little bit about the defensive front. I know uh, Mikkel Williams, a sophomore along with the senior, Nazir Stackhouse, uh, Lyon Logue. Who are some other players across that defensive front? They're going to be a, a key component to that Georgia defense on Saturday.
2: Well, the guy that had his moment in the sun last week was Nazir Stockhouse, a senior. that will get honored, uh, you know, along with like twenty other guys on, on senior night, where you'll have some redshirt juniors get, get uh, you know, out there with their families as well. But he had a, a uh, interception and, and rumbled down to the five yard line. Unfortunately, there was like a cup block downfield, a uh, uh, chop block, and and they had to bring it back. The interception counted, but they they didn't get the ball to five yard line. Um, you know, they're a team that's depending on, on what what the offenses are doing. I mean, they've been a little bit vulnerable to the run. I mean, Auburn ran, uh, had, had a lot of big runs using the quarterback run. Um, you know, some of the, some of the runs on the outside have have gotten Georgia, um, and, uh, you know, Missouri, uh, their, their tailback rush for a hundred yards, but you know, Georgia's given up points. They're not, um, you know, slowing down teams quite as much, but they're finding ways to win. So, you know, it's not gonna surprise me if Ole is offense, you know it puts up twenty something points, but you know they got to obviously outscore Georgia, and this defense has been able to make stops when they need them.
1: special teams wise freshman kicker Peyton Woodring has been really good um how How's the punt game and 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 what some things you might be looking for in regards to special teams on Saturday?
2: yeah, Woodring's pretty amazing because he started off his Georgia career missing a couple of chippies, like we're talking about inside 30 yards. Yeah, I noticed and, he was
1: like two for four inside the, uh, yeah. the the 30 or something.
2: Yeah, and so there was a question whether he's going to hold on to the job. And and since then, he's made like, I don't know, 12 straight or something. Um, so, you know, they seem like they, they got that issue solved, you know, pretty quickly. Brett Thorson, the punter for another guy from Australia, like pretty much every SEC team seems to have. Yeah. Um, he hadn't allowed a return yard, I think, all season. Um, you know he's only had 23 punts opponents have had 52 so there's a pretty pretty big disparity there but um, you know he, he's I guess obviously getting the hang time and pinpointing it where, where he needs it that um, you know not getting much in, in the return game Georgia's r- return game themselves is pretty interesting in that uh, they've they've put up some good numbers in terms of average but uh, Mikai muse is a walk-on he's had some issues uh, you know w- not necessarily losing the ball and fumbles, but he's he's muffed them and had to recover them himself. So that's something to watch for. You know, if Ole Miss can get somebody down there and and uh, you know get a chance, if there's a loose ball, uh, that could be a way to flip the field pretty fast.
1: Lad McConkey still returning punts, kick off some, um, or is that something that uh, that maybe they've changed up?
2: No, he's. I think he's got one kick return this season. Oh, just because one. Of his okay, back, I got you. Because of his back, because of his back injury, um, they're they're keeping it easy on him and and not you know. It's acted up a little bit. He, had, I think the second half against Vanderbilt, he didn't play that many snaps because they were concerned about his back. So uh, that's one way to minimize that is just not put him out there on the returns.
1: Preseason Ole Miss fans looked at the schedule and thought, okay, well, the best we can do is 11-1. And now the game gets closer, and, and not to say that, that Ole Miss thinks they're going to go in and win the game. I do think they feel much better about this game than they did uh, during fall camp as the way the season has gone. Uh, looking at this game, I mean, it, it opened up, I think, at eleven and a half. I think it's been pretty st- – you know, pretty standard to stay around right there. It's it's kind of low for Georgia's standards. Ole Miss have a chance in this game, do you do you think, Mark?
2: Yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, take away the UT Martins and the Ball States and the UABs. I mean, these every SEC team except for Kentucky. And Florida, you know, has been in there. You know, when the game's on the line, there in in the fourth quarter, pretty much. I mean, uh, I, I guess Vanderbilt. You can say that. You can't really say that, that they were either. But it wasn't a blowout. It was thirty-seven twenty, the final score. Georgia had it. You know, probably more in hand than that. But you know, only two games this year: Kentucky and Florida, where people can say, you know, that's the Georgia football team we expect. You know, where they've just dominated and played at, at the top of their game. Uh, you know, Missouri certainly uh, pushed Georgia. Auburn on the road, I mean, they really needed Carson Beck and Brock Bowers to uh, kind of, uh, you know, have a magical connections. And, and uh, Brock just made a play, a 40-yard touchdown when, when the game was on the line there. So, uh, you know, I expect, uh, you know, Ole Miss can come in and, and really, uh, you know, give Georgia a, a big test. Georgia, you know, might be climbing out for another deficit like they've had to do a bunch of games this year. Um, But I also know that Georgia, you know, if the place is uh, jacked up as I expect it to be and if Georgia's invested and and they're playing at the top of their game, I mean, Ole Miss could be, you know, one of those teams that walk out like, uh, you know, Kentucky and and wonder what happens. So, you know, I I think uh, with with this Georgia team, uh, you know, you can't be sure exactly which way it's going to roll, except you probably expect Georgia's going to win.
1: This final question, and thanks for joining us. So this is not a rivalry by any stretch. It's a, in fact, it's a two teams that just don't play very much in the SEC. What is the temperature of the fan base about how uh, you know, how they're excited about kind of following up to what you just said? Are they excited about Ole Miss coming into town, about playing a, a one-loss team and maybe playing a team that they don't get to see very much across on the western side, maybe the last year of these two divisions? Um, what, what, what's kind of the temperature of the fan base and what do you expect on Saturday?
2: Yeah, I think certainly a top 10 uh, Ole Miss team coming in that, that you don't get to see. I mean, I, I don't think Georgia fans are crying that, that Vanderbilt and Kentucky uh, are not going to be coming to Sanford Stadium every other year, you know, under the new scheduling thing. It's going to be good to have, have more fresh opponents, whether it's an Oklahoma, a Texas A&M, you know, a Texas, that, that kind of thing. And and Lane Kiffin, you know, no matter whether Ole Miss is on the schedule or not, is, is a personality that, you know, I think every SEC fan and probably fans across the country kind of just enjoy you know what he brings to the game um the lightheartedness that he brings um and and there's respect for a team that's really bounced back from that alabama loss um you know so um i I think it'll be a big time atmosphere and um you know george's uh with the way this team has been where they've had to kind of sweat out some of these games um you know uh, a little bit more than they expected um you know they don't know which way it's going to go but i, I think especially a full day of tailgating and, and waiting for this game is going to make it a, a terrific atmosphere
1: he's mark washer does a great job covering the georgia bulldogs for the athens banner herald you can follow him on twitter slash etch at mark m-a-r-c-w-e-i-s-z-e-r mark thanks very much for joining us today look forward to seeing you in athens
2: All right, sounds good. Thank you.
1: but online where the game starts. Today's show is brought to you in part by Realtor Debbie Aldison Johnson. If you're looking for a spot in the Oxford area or quite frankly anywhere in Mississippi that is your go-to. Remember real estate industry since 2003 looking for that special ag property maybe a recreational property, maybe a commercial real estate property or a new home. Uh, Debbie does a great job and can be your real estate agent today. Just contact her directly at 662-234-5555. Of course, that's a member of the Kessinger Real Estate family. Kessinger Realestate.com and Debbie has been with them for quite a few years. If you need to get her directly, just dial her cell phone at 662 689 0090. Remember, your go to for real estate, whether it be commercial, farm, or maybe you need that home. Maybe you need that second home in Oxford. You're looking maybe to relocate to Oxford. Part of the real estate family, the Kessinger Real Estate Family. Debbie Johnson, your realtor. 662 234 5555. Or call her cell phone at 662 689 0090. Debbie Johnson, A proud sponsor here on the Believe in Omen podcast. If you're looking for the perfect game day outfit for The Grove, look no further than The Rogue in Jackson. Live in Oxford? No problem. Go to therogue.com and shop the Collegiate section, and there you'll find horn legend Peter Millar, the best selection of Rebel game day clothing, celebrating 56 years of business and a sponsor of The Grove Collective. When you're in Jackson, go by The Rogue, 4450 I-55 North in the capital city, an extensive collection of sports coats, suits, Shirts from brands like Peter Millar, Tom Beckby, Brax, Jack Victor, Mark Digman, and others. And when you stop by the store in Jackson, and that's where you'll see the best selection of Rebel Game Day clothing. That's the Rogue, 4450 I-55 North in Jackson. Go by and tell them that you heard about it i will Believe It On Miss podcast. Hi, this is Brad Logan. The Grove Collective's mission is to support, elevate, and protect the well-being of all our student-athletes through a wide range of NIL opportunities and initiatives at Ole Miss. The collective was established to deliver a best-in-class NIL experience that is worthy of the student-athletes who give their all for Ole Miss. This consolidated and sustainable model provides premium access and experiences between our members, corporate partners, and our athletes. To support all Ole Miss athletes and their NIL platforms, visit thegrovecollective.com. That's the grovecollective.com join our team become
0: a member today you've been listening to the believe in Ole miss podcast with your host brad logan download the show on apple podcasts google play or wherever you get your podcasts please subscribe rate and leave a review online be sure and check us out on twitter at brad logan c-o-t-e and at Believe Podcasts, as well as Facebook, Brad Logan Media. From the vault to the Pavilion, to Swayze Field, it's all Ole Miss, all the time. This has been the Believe and Ole Miss Podcast, a presentation of the Believe Podcast Network.